Hello everybody, Colin Cook here, and how it happens, thanks for joining me today. My apologies for the last few days, or rather about a week, of repeats. I'm sorry, it's rather tedious, isn't it, having to listen to repeats, but I've been uh, somewhat under the weather, uh, but I'm as right as rain now. Well, pardon the mixed, uh, well, not too mixed, I hope, metaphors. But anyway, I'm back, and I and this is a current program, and uh, we need to wind up this uh, uh, subject on in Romans seven here in regard to freed from the law and dead to the law, and see what it means finally with this verse twenty four. So let's do that, shall we? This is, as I say, how it happens. Colin Cook here, and you can listen to the broadcast any time of the day or night on your smartphone or your remote device. Simply download SoundCloud, a free app, or Spotify, or Podbean. By the way, those uh, apps have not been made current uh, with even repeats, so hopefully you will still um, uh, link in to, uh, to uh, one of these apps. So uh, when you get there, key in how it happens with Colin Cook, or go on the radio at uh, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT, AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. So we've been looking at this um, issue of dead to the law, freed from the law, and the need for that being that human nature is broken and ruined. There's nothing wrong with the law. But when these two, the law and human nature, come together, then fur flies, the cat's thrown among the pigeons because all kinds of guilt and shame and fear come into us when we hear the commands of the law. And that guilt and shame and fear increases the the desire to sin, which is a desire to escape, of course, from the pain. And uh, that's what Paul is talking about when he says, I know uh, that uh, in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Well, we saw that, didn't we? And so um, he's talking about this conundrum uh, and uh, I was telling you that that is what human nature is all about. This is not Paul before his conversion. He's using the I generically, speaking of the whole human race. And this is how we are. We do the things we don't want to do, and the things we don't want to do, we do. So then, he then says in verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God, verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Now, some people who have not understood this say, well, there you are, Colin. There is deliverance from this, uh, this conflict within us. Uh, Paul must have been talking, they say, about his former life, his uh, unconverted self, because now he says, um, I thank God that Jesus will deliver me from it. Well, it's perfectly true that God does, through his Son, deliver us from it, but there is something to be understood here that is frequently not understood. People look at verse 24, wretched man that I am who will deliver me, and then verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, and think they are delivered or can ex be expected to be delivered from the still downward pull of the human nature. 
They say, well, I'm converted now. I'm born again. I don't have that human nature or it doesn't pull down me, pull me down. But that is clearly not what Paul is talking about. Now, how do we know this? Because of what he says in verse 25. Verse 24 again, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. All right, so far so good. But then look what he says. So then, so then, with the mind I myself serve the law of sin, but with the flesh, the, um, I'm sorry, let me repeat that, I misread. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And this, to those people who think that they are delivered from human nature itself so that it doesn't drag them down anymore and they don't find this conflict of doing what they ought not to do and not doing what they want to do, for those people who think that, that they are delivered from that, then this is a confusion. Because why does Paul say, so then with my mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin? Now, if you understand the gospel, there is no conflict here. Because what we are delivered from is the judgment of our sinful nature, the condemnation, put it in the right order, the condemnation of our sinful nature and the judgment upon our sinful nature and the identity of our sinful nature. That is what we are delivered from. We still live in this body. We still have this body. Well, you say, well, then what, what's, what, what is deliverance then? I mean, it's not very much to be delivered from uh, the identity and the condemnation and the judgment of it. Oh, be careful. It is enormous to be delivered from the condemnation and judgment and identity of the sinful nature. Why? Because it is those very things, the identity and the condemnation and the judgment of the sinful nature, that pull us back down. Because when we hear our sinful nature condemning us and judging us, we are overwhelmed with guilt and shame and fear. And when we are overwhelmed with those forces, then we want to block God out and everything to do with God and go into our dark corner where we are all alone and lonely, isolated, disconnected. And so the result of that is that we desire more sin in order to get some comfort because we've blocked God out and there's no comfort from him. Do you see what's happening? And so, it is a wonder of wonders that God in his loving mercy through his Son Jesus Christ and the assurance and comfort of the Holy Spirit assures us that we needn't be afraid of our human nature, assures us that we need not accept its condemnation because then we can go forward in faith knowing that we are connected with our Heavenly Father through his Son, we are reconciled and brought into his home. Well, you say, this enables us to just float around doing nothing or doing everything. No, the point is that we are freed from the law, as Paul says, freed from the judgment, dead to the law, 
that we may be belong to another. Where is that verse? That's uh, 7 verse 5, isn't it, or 6? But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to that which held, uh, which held us, which we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. So our sinful nature still exists, and our sinful nature will try many times and succeed to drag us down. But we will bounce back, and the more our faith keeps working, the more bouncing back we do, and the more resilience we have to stay steady and to go forward. And so that's the message of Romans 7. It is an enormously important message. Let me summarize it in perhaps less theological or biblical ways. If a person struggling with drugs or alcohol or food issues or sexual ad addiction is endlessly under a sense of self-judgment to such an extent that he f must set up lots of rules and regulations to stop him from feeling bad and feeling guilt so that he becomes paranoid over almost everything and starts saying, I mustn't do this, I mustn't do that, and his whole life becomes one scenario after another of simply trying to avoid condemnation and guilt, that man or woman will be so overwhelmed with the turmoil of his human nature and of his psyche that he will simply not be able to stand it. And he will either walk away from God altogether and forget Christianity and say, I just can't live with this, it's too stressful, or he will become a very, very religious person, a religious neurotic, uh, living in a, a sort of a, a, a realm of righteousness by avoidance. Avoid this, avoid that, avoid the other, become a recluse, um, become a hermit, uh, join a monastery in uh, certain uh, um, metaphorical terms, and um, simply does not live life. He simply tries to avoid life. That's what Paul is trying to get us out of, and that's what we need to get ourselves out of. We can't do it ourselves, of course, and that's where we trust in God and his atoning sacrifice in Jesus Christ. Jesus, remember, substituted for the human race, took the part of humanity and took our judgment in his death on the cross. He died as a representative of all humanity. He was executed as a representative of of all humanity, and then rose from the dead, representing, substituting for, and representing all humanity, so that by faith you and I live in that new resurrection as if there were no longer any more judgment and condemnation, as if we were already raised from the dead, and it's as if the kingdom of God has been brought forward, and we have are now participating in it by faith anticipating the day that will come when we know that should we die, our bodies will be raised from the dead, immortal, incorruptible, 
And as Jesus, after his resurrection, um, died to sin and uh, lives to sin, the, the condemnation of sin no more, so also it is with us. We live in a resurrected life knowing that we are freed from all judgment. Now, of course, this means that our faith speaks, as I've said many times to you, speaks back into our minds. Our minds are not our friends. Our minds will accuse us. They will condemn us. They'll say, you're no good. You're not worth anything. You can never do anything right. What's wrong with you? And you and I now know by faith that we have an antidote to that. We have the right to speak back into our minds and to say, shut up. Uh, we don't have to say shut up, really. We simply state the truth. I am resurrected with Christ. I do not accept condemnation anymore. I do believe, dear Father, that you have freed me from all judgment. I thank you for these negative thoughts that come into my mind because they are an opportunity to exercise my faith against them. And so, therefore, Father, I praise you and give thanks to you for all things because all things now work together for good, since there is no more condemnation. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to continue listening, then we need to continue to keep the broadcast broadcasting. And that means a bit of cash and dough and money. Unfortunately, uh, that's how the world works, isn't it? Uh, this program costs 850 to $900 per month, which is $39 per radio broadcast. If you would like to make a donation to keep the program going, please send it to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado 80160. That's FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado 80160. Or make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. That's faithquestradio.com. The program is now in its 24th year. Thanks be to God, and thanks for all your help. I'll see you next time then. Cheerio, and God bless.